0: Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Amen. Hallelujah. So, now with the word, uh, and are you ready for the challenge? I hope you are. Amen. We need to be challenged Praise the Lord. Uh, this message is called, It's Time to Seek the Lord. It's time to seek the Lord. I don't know if you've ever been so thirsty. I'm, I'm sure there's, you've all had experiences. I remember as a kid, um, I was, you know, like kids, you know, you forget, you just forget to, to drink enough. And I was, it was probably a hot day like today, and I was running around playing, went to sleep. And... Um, I woke up in the middle of the night. I was so thirsty. And we lived in this old, used to live in this old cottage. And uh, the kitchen was downstairs. And I was so young, I was a bit afraid getting up at night. And so I didn't want to get up and, and help myself to some water. But I was so thirsty. And I tried to get back to sleep. And I woke up. I just got to drink something. And um, I was so thirsty. I, I looked down on the pillow. And there was a glass of lemonade. Whew. I couldn't believe it. So I went to grab the lemonade and it was a mirage. <laughs> and I had to get some water from downstairs in the end. But I was so thirsty, I was seeing things. <laughs> you know, it's good to be thirsty for God. You know, we are we're beings that have natural thirst. When God... Uh, at the very beginning he gave trees for them to eat freely and there's a tree of knowledge of good and evil we all need to know something we're thirsty for knowledge we have to know it one of the most uh, effective forms of, of of punishment is solitary confinement we're literally cut off people from knowing. there's nothing at all that they can know and it can send people literally crazy because we have to know things we have a a natural thirst to know, a natural thirst to to, to receive things. And as our sister shared, the the Isaiah scripture says, you know, anyone who's thirsty, come. I'll give you, you don't have to pay for this one, but what you do need is to have a thirst. Our scripture is in 10, Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. And it says, Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy, Break up the fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. Amen. I want to consider firstly being hungry for the authentic. Hungry for the authentic. I don't know about you, but I, I want a genuine move of the Holy Spirit. I want to see God move in my generation. I just don't want to read about it on previous generations or hear about it in some other part of the world. But I want to experience it and know it. I'm hungry for the authentic. I don't want just to play church. I just don't want, you know, just to try and make it seem as if something's happening. I remember as a relatively Christian throughout the church, kind of Pentecostal churches at the time, there was this thing called being slain in the spirit, you know. And um, it was happening a lot then. And as a relatively new Christian, I, I so wanted that to happen for me, you know. Like, wow, you know, God can knock you down, you know. And so uh, every time I got prayed for, I'd go down, right? And um, But I was never quite sure, was it me <laughs> or was it the spirit? Because I so wanted it. I just went, you know, there's there's always somebody to catch me, so uh, I knew it would be too bad. But this one particular time I was being prayed for, and and, uh, I thought, okay, I'm going to go down. And there's nobody to catch me this time. And I crashed into the chairs. And it hurt. (laughs) It never happened again. I thought, no, I'm not going to try and make that happen. And I'm not saying there isn't such a thing. I have seen it. And uh, I've seen people get healed as they come up and stuff like that. But we can, I don't want the fake. I don't want to try and make it. I want the authentic, the genuine work of God and the fruit that comes from it. And I know that as we seek, we find, as Jesus said. And it's time to seek the Lord. I believe there's a time in any church's life and in our own personal walk that God wants us to seek him afresh. This is more than just praying. Just praying. Prayer is when we ask God, we petition God. There's many aspects of prayer which we'll be looking at this coming Friday night. But there is a seeking of the Lord that it's time. I was reading recently Psalms 137 and it talks about, you know, by the rivers of Babylon and it's talking about the exiled Jews at the time and, you know, they... They said, come, sing some of the songs of Zion to us, the Babylonians were saying. And, and they said, how can we sing? We, we long for Jerusalem. We're no longer there. And, you know, we got the famous Boney M song, you know, by the rivers of Babylon. Those who can remember that, 1978. But it says in verse 5 and 6 of Psalms 137, If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill. If I do not remember you... Let my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth. If I do not exalt Jerusalem above my chief joy. You know, Daniel, he longed for Jerusalem. He was exiled, of course. Uh, it's highly likely he was a eunuch. And he, he so longed for Jerusalem that he had a conviction that three times a day he would open the windows of his where his home and he, which face was Jerusalem and he would pray and give thanks to God. His longing was for Jerusalem. And during that period of captivity, the Jews longed for Jerusalem because they had been taken out. And that longing was so strong and so intense that when they finally did return and rebuild the walls, which we can read about in Ezra and Nehemiah, they never again... Never again did they worship idols. The reason why they were taken captive is because they kept flirting with the local gods. And and God said, that's enough. This is, you know, you just don't get it, do you? Jerusalem is meant to be a worship place to the Lord and worship the one and true God. But they, they kept deviating and, and regressing. But never again. Do we hear of them worshipping idols from that moment on because their hunger, their thirst was so strong that they only wanted the authentic living God? That's what seeking God does. It gives us a a pure desire because Jesus said, Those who thirst shall be filled. Our scripture says, but it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. The reign of righteousness is an interesting concept. When God is, you know, we see in the Bible, when God is planning something substantial, he allows a season of sorrow or struggle to provoke Desire in his people to to be in line with what he's planning to do. And God does that with you and I as well. There are seasons that the Lord works through. And there are seasons that he's trying to create a thirst in your heart. For what he wants to release through your life. Israel was slaves in, in Egypt. God prophesied that to Abraham. And there were slaves, and, and there was such a desire in their heart for, to, you know, to be no more a slave, as you would imagine. That it allowed that, that desire to grow and grow and grow until so they cried out to the Lord, and then He sent Moses and delivered them. They needed that to be ready to become the people of God. We see in Abraham and Sarah, they couldn't have a child. And they longed and longed and longed to have their own son and it didn't come. But God used that longing to bring Isaac. And, to, and more importantly, to create Abraham, the father of faith. We see the same in Zacchaeus and Elizabeth. They could not have a child. It was a longing that they had. And, and they desired that and God gave them John the Baptist. See, God will create a longing to usher in his purpose that he wants to bring. We see the same with Hannah. She was provoked by this other wife who, who had children. And she longed and she brought her longing soul before the Lord. In fact, she couldn't even utter words. And, and she uttered and she poured out a soul and longed. And, and Samuel came as a result of that. We see this in the church in the upper room. Jesus resurrected and he said, tarry in Jerusalem until the promise of the Father comes. He said, he didn't give them any time frame. Why? Because he wanted them to long and thirst. And And the scripture says for 10 days straight, that's a prayer meeting. Amen, they were there gathered, 120, and they they were just crying out to God. They were longing, Lord, what is this? We want this promise that you said. And it was in that longing and desiring atmosphere that the Holy Spirit was poured out because the Spirit wants to be desired. He wants to be thirsted for. And there was a time of longing and seeking before he was poured out. See our scripture says, "Seek the Lord till He comes and reigns righteousness on you." Righteousness. Jesus said, "Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled." He said, "Blessed are when you hunger and thirst for righteousness." So, what is righteousness? In the dictionary, the word the definitions for right. Is conforming with or conformable to justice, law, or morality. In accordance with fact, reason, or truth, correct. Fitting, proper, appropriate. Most favorable, desirable, or convenient. In or into satisfactory state or condition. In good mental or physical health or order. See, righteousness is when God makes it right. That's God's reign of righteousness. God wants to make things right. That's his very nature. His very heart is righteous heart. And it's not just simply some pious thing, but rather it's to make right what is wrong. To make right that situation that's wrong in your life. And he will make it right. And there are situations you're facing and God wants to make it right. Right. Will you seek him for that? I love, this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible, is Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23. It says, thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories, glory in this, that he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. Oh yes, God wants us to know who he really is. And it's in our situation where we need his rightness to come and make right what is wrong. He will allow things to provoke you. He will allow things to bring a season of want only so that his righteousness can prevail. And in that moment, you will know him. This is what we glory in as God's children. We don't glory in the things the world does, but that we know who God is and what he loves to do, what he longs to do. See, when you hunger, it creates a vacuum for God to fill. We don't like the feeling of hunger, do we? <laughs> you know, we, we, you know fasting, that's the whole thing, isn't it? You know, you've got to deal with that hungry feeling. But our souls can be hungry. And it's, it's good to be hungry. It's good to have a hungry soul in which we ha- desire it to be filled. Not with the trash and the filth and the futility that, of the, this, what this world offers us. It's cheap. But to be filled with what God offers us, which is far better and it's right and it's good. The kingdom of God is not a democracy. Neither is it totalitarian. But the kingdom of God is a theocracy where Jesus is Lord and where he reigns in the surrendered heart. He doesn't force the issue. He's not saying, oh, you must do this and make you do it. But he always comes to a a hungry heart for him. We can have as much of God as we desire. The psalmist said, open your mouth wide. The Lord says, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. See, what God does in your life and through your life is proportionate to your desire. It will never go beyond that. Those who see God working in life, mark it down. There is a hunger for him. God doesn't bestow his blessings on those who don't want it. To those who don't hunger for it and those who don't appreciate it. But, amen, if he finds a soul that is looking to him to fill, looking to him, amen, to work what only he can work, he will work it. There might be a season. There will be a season of seeking. But it's simply like the plower, the farmer who plows the field. And he's preparing the field to receive the seed that's going to produce crop. Amen. That's what seeking does. It's, it's plowing the ground of our hearts. We need it from time to time. Sometimes our heart can get a little bit hard. Sometimes our hearts can get a little bit, you know, indifferent to the purposes of God. Oh, I love, amen, a new convert. Don't we love new Christians? Are we going to see many new Christians? You know, because they're hungry, they're thirsty. Give me Jesus! You know, they have that desire. And oh yeah, you know that, that's what I remember that feeling. Oh God, let me stir me stir that back in my heart, because they're newborns. They they have a desire and a thirsting. You know, radical things happen, and I love hearing those stories. Some of the things they would do just to get more of God, because they're hungry for him. There was a time in in 2 Kings 13, where Joash, the king of Israel, is desperate. The Syrians are amassing, and he knows that unless the Lord helps, they're they're in deep trouble. And so Elijah the prophet is, is there saying, hey, take these arrows. Strike the ground, Joash. And so strikes the ground three times and he stops. And Elijah is angry with him. Why didn't you strike the ground six or seven times? For then you would have struck the Syrians until you annihilated them. But you'll only strike them three times now. See, what God did was proportionate to his desire. We see this over and over in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God. It's interesting looking how Jesus worked with the disciples. You know, we have the top three, Peter, James, and John. He tended to do the most of those three disciples. They got to see the transfiguration. It's pretty cool. They got some special insight. He took them, you know, to heal Jairus' daughter. And he did other special things. He disclosed a bit more to those three. Was it because they were so more talented than the others? or No. It's because they had more hunger. They wanted more. They desired more. And Jesus said, okay, I'll I'll, I'll give more to you. You had the 12. They They were hungry. But yours had 70. He bestowed blessing and used them, and he had 500 who witnessed his resurrection. They're important to him. But you don't see this kind of like level field, if you like, we're all equal to God, but what he does is not equal, because what he does is proportionate to your desire. And if you want more of God, you will have more of God. If you want more of his spirit, you will have more. If you hunger to see God use your life, you are going to see God use your life. The issue lies is breaking up the fallow ground of your heart. Our text says, break up the fallow ground for it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. I don't know about you, but my biggest challenge is not the devil. My biggest challenge is not society, you know, all the bad things we're seeing, the insane things we're seeing. It's not my family. It's not my culture. It's me. It's my biggest biggest problem. It's me. It's what's going on in my heart. Sometimes the indifference, sometimes The lack of cooperation with the Spirit of God. That's my biggest challenge. If I can get that okay, the other things aren't such a big deal. And seeking is a way of preparing the heart to receive from God. Seeking the Lord. Like I said, it's more than just praying. You know, we pray. We ask God for things. He wants to move in prayer. He wants to answer prayer and he does. But there are also times of just seeking him. What does it mean to seek God? We can't see him. The Bible in the New Testament many times talks about seeking the face of God. Seeking the face of God means you seek To know his favor in greater ways, where you sense his face shining upon you, where you sense him working afresh in your life. You seek to find, you seek to know, you seek to experience, you seek him until you find him. And that's what it means to seek Him, and and that's what I sense. I mean, I, I need to pray. We're going to do this this night prayer, and much of it is going to be to seek Him. And I encourage you, if you are physically able, to come and seek Him, not because you feel you have to not because you know you feel pressured to, but because you want to seek his face, because you need him in your life, you need him in your circumstance and you want to experience him in a fresh in a new way. That's what makes it so profoundly powerful when God's people will seek him together like that. Oh God, we need you afresh where we are fed up with the status quo. We, we know there is more and we want more and we seek him for more and he gives more. It's the plowing of the heart. It's the preparation. It's to find that fresh connection with God. You know, we know in the New Testament, our hearts have been circumcised. right? Scripture says, God takes away the heart of stone and gives us a heart of flesh. He's, in the spirit we have a responsiveness to God. But a heart can get distracted. And we need to reconnect ourselves to that, that spiritual reality that God has birthed in us. It's a bit like electrodes on a on a battery. You know, an old car battery. And sometimes, you know, the older type cars, those those electrodes, that those those Nodules, whatever you call them, um, get a bit—you know—corroded. You know, they go a bit green, and 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 the power is is not surging, It's not able to pass through like it once did. There's nothing wrong with the battery, but it's it's those nodules that have got corroded, and you've got to get the old wire brush, and you've got to—you know—wire it down, get, get get it down to the bare metal again. And once you got the bare metal against bare metal, guess what? The current flows freely. And and this is what we need at times in seeking the Lord. It's it's like we're we're we're, we're taking off that that stuff that sometimes just got there. You know. We live in a world that's that's filthy. There's attitudes around us. There's you know we're not. Deliberately embracing that stuff. But just over time, it can just begin to get on us, you know. It can affect our attitudes. You know, you see it in, in, in different cultures and different cities. I mean, I noticed it straight away coming from Wellingborough to Cambridge. <laughs> you just notice people are different. And, and guess what? People tend to act the same. People are like water. They tend to level out, you know. whatever's the kind of accepted way of saying hello in the morning, you know. Everyone comes and says it the same way. If they say hello, you know, some are rude. (laughs) But, you know, we tend to talk the same way, don't we? Get the lingo, get the local language, and, and we all tend, we just do that. It's natural. We're not even planning to do that. And it's like the world attitudes at work, at the college, and, you know, the world is totally indifferent to God, isn't it? Don't care at all. And sometimes, you know, we just got to get afresh, get alone with God. So, oh, God, I just don't feel the same I, 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 I did towards you now. Something's like, I know it's not good and I want that back, Lord. I want that tenderness back. That tenderness that God would just, it take the slightest thing and you'd feel convicted about it. You know, you said like a white lie at work and like, oh God, I'm sorry, you know. But now it's like, you maybe don't feel the same way. Oh God, let me have that tender heart back. Where I can sense what your spirit is saying and doing in my life. Where I can hear you clearly again. It's time to seek the Lord. And if it's not for personal needs, it's for collective needs. We need to seek the Lord because the UK needs Christ. We are absolutely in a a pivotal time in the UK. We know the issues that are going on. We know the agenda. Trying to push insane ideas and and want the church to be complicit to it. We know that, that that is so far removed. I mean, I daren't flick a TV on now. It used to be, you know, until... You know, 9, 10, 11 a plus, you know, might get the dodgy stuff. My goodness. It's just in your face all the time. It's, it's, it's you know, there's, there's this slide, you know, there was an experiment done with a frog in a laboratory. And they, I don't know, I had a pretty cruel experiment, but they did it. And there was this frog and they put it in a dish of water and it's very, very shallow dish. Enough for that frog to easily jump out any time. And they had this specialized equipment that was able to raise the temperature increments at a time. Very gradually. And guess what? They boiled the frog alive. It could have jumped out any moment. Oh, it's too hot. Let's get out of here. It didn't. Why? Because the, the temperature was rising so gradually that the frog didn't notice for, until it was too late. And that's like the world, isn't it? And when we seek the Lord afresh, we think, oh yeah, this is what it is. This is where it's at. And we were reminded and we think, yeah, I want to live in this place. And as a church, we want to see God move in fresh miracles. Because what, I mean, revival isn't a problem when you see miracles happen. When Jesus worked miracles, people come from everywhere to get healed and get deliverance. Once people start seeing and hearing of miracles, people come. It's it's no problem to get people to come once miracles are happening. Will you seek him for miracles? Say, oh God, I'm Pentecostal. God, I believe we should. And we seek him as a church. Say, oh God, rain afresh on us. In the book of Kings and Chronicles in the Bible, there's a, a commentary about the kings of Israel and Judah. And it always says the same sort of thing of each king. It either said this king was good in the eyes of the Lord or this king was evil in the eyes of the Lord, does not it? That's sort of the commentary about the king. Um, and, and what it also says is that those kings that were good or those kings that were evil... It was all to do with their heart, preparation. He said, this king was good because he prepared his heart to seek the Lord. This king was evil because he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. It was definitive what they became on whether or not they prepared their hearts. Guess what? Our hearts don't naturally want to seek the Lord. <laughs> now, born again changes that, but there's still that need, amen, to be responsible for your own heart. For the condition of your heart. Jesus said, as I, as I mentioned in a previous message, the, for, the first parable is that of the sower. He said, if you don't, if you don't get this, you're not going to understand any of the other parables because this is the principal parable and it's all to do with the state of the heart. Stony ground. Thorny ground. Um, hard ground. And good soil. Good soil... Comes by deliberation. It comes when you say, oh, I've got to get rid of those weeds. As uh, Sister Yana knows, get those weeds out. They keep coming back. I've got to pull them up again. Getting rid of those stones. Digging. You've got to dig. It just just tends to get compacted over time. And you've got to dig it to get the air into the soil and also so the water can flow freely when it rains. These are all deliberate things that every farmer knows he must do. Every year he has to plow that field. Every year he has to prepare the ground. He knows if he doesn't do that, the seed is not going to work too well. And so we take responsibility for our heart. So, God, I want to have a good heart. I want to have a heart that is responsive, that is able to receive the pure milk of your word. That is able, amen, not just hear it intellectually, but to hear it here. That actually germinates, actually stays here. And it's and it and it. You know, it starts to grow freely and produces. And that comes, I don't know any shortcuts to this. I'd love to be able to, we can just pray for people. Oh God, give them a responsive heart. You know, one quick prayer. Oh wow, you know. No, it doesn't happen that way. But you can lock yourself up in your closet and seek his face. You can come when there's a collective prayer meeting. Say, so, oh God, I'm here foremostly to seek your face. God, I need you. God, and as we, you know, it's, it's not the easiest thing. But as we give ourselves to that, it's like the plow churning up the soil and preparing our hearts and readying us for what God has always wanted to do in our life. And to help us along the way, God gives us trials. (laughs) To help us along the way, God gives us impossible situations (laughs) that he wants to reign righteousness now. But he brings us to a place, oh God, I cannot do this. God, I need a miracle. God, I need you to do something way beyond what I can do. Who's in such a place like that right now? Raise your hands. Yeah, quite a few. You're in a good place. I know it doesn't feel that way. <laughs> we, oh, God, get me out of here. But you know what? It's a good place because you know it has to be God. Otherwise, you aren't going to get through it. You know it has to be him. Because there's no way you're going to get through it without him. And so it causes you to realize, oh, God, I need you. And that's good. Blesses are the poor in spirit. Oh, God, I need you. There are issues that you can't seem to break in your own life, perhaps. Frustrate you. Why do I keep doing that? Why do I keep defaulting to that? And and you're frustrating with yourself. Seek the Lord. Maybe there's an area of your heart that just needs to be a little bit more opened up. He'll plant the seed right in there, and that seed will produce the victory you're looking for. You cannot go wrong seeking the Lord. And I challenge you to come this Friday with express desire. Lord, it's you that I'm seeking. God, I need you. And God, I'm not just seeking you for me, but I want to seek you for my nation. I want to seek you for my church. I want to seek you for Cambridge. I want to seek you for my family. I want to seek you for my generation. The people I see at college, university, and my workplace. God, I want to seek you for them. And we hunger and God will move and God will honor that. And who knows just what he will do in response to our seeking of him. Praise the Lord. Amen. We're going to allow time for the Spirit of God to minister to us right now. As uh, musicians come. Hallelujah. Our scripture says. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time. To seek the Lord. Till. He comes. And rains righteousness on you. God is faithful. God will not. Let you down. If you set your heart to seek him, he will reign on you. And his rightness will come to your defense. He will make right that which is wrong. Whether it's a personal thing, whether it's a situational thing, he will make it right. Because that's what he wants to do. That's who he is.